1: Shelter. Drain. Ruins. Shelter. Drain. Ruins. Transmissions from the void begin. The Dive by Brianna Morgan
0: Clive Mitchell swam toward the surface of the water, every kick taking him higher and higher until his head broke the surface. His lungs stung and his throat burned like hellfire, but it was over. He'd done what he'd come to do and the boat floated only a few meters away. Strong arms dragged him out of the water and onto the deck. Gravity and his wetsuit put a strain on his already worn out frame. He wanted to sleep forever. Well, more than anything, he wanted to cry.
2: What a hell of a dive, Harry. But did you find it? Of course. It's in the box.
0: Harry unclips the small pelican case from around Clive's neck and unsnaps the clasps. Inside is a small black box.
2: What do you think, Harry? Is it even in there? Of course it's bloody in there. What else would it be?
0: Harry cradled the box to his chest
3: like an infant. And you're sure it's hers?
2: Has to be. You think someone else would have dropped that in the ocean? Could have. No way. Well, it's possible.
0: Clive suddenly felt sick to his stomach. He snatched the box from his brother's hand.
3: Its weight soothed him.
2: Don't be difficult, Harry. No one likes a victim. We both lost something that day.
3: You have got to be kidding me.
2: My girlfriend, Harry. Remember my girlfriend?
3: Your girlfriend? I lost my son and the mother of my child.
0: Clive shook his head. He reached up and pulled down the wetsuit zipper, then tugged the wet neoprene away from his skin. The air was cold. A silence hung between the two men.
3: I'm sorry, that was a low blow. I shouldn't have said that. Just don't. Don't bother. We both have baggage, alright? Let's leave it at
2: that.
0: Clive nodded and for a moment played with the silver chain around his neck.
2: I didn't even think I'd find it. It's so fucking murky down there, Harry. I was halfway to the bottom and it was so dark I didn't think I'd find anything. I had to scrape around in the sand for ten bloody minutes. Then I turned around and it was just wedged up in the coral, just sitting there, lit up by a patch of sunlight, like it was waiting for me.
0: Clive trailed off and looked out at the ocean. All Harry could hear was the waves and the coming storm, but Clive was far away. He could hear the
2: squealing of brakes, the crunch of metal... Did you go and see the car after it was all over? Harry nods. I had to. I thought it would be worse somehow. It was mangled, but I could still recognise what it was. Not like
3: Don't you fucking dare say it.
2: Clive shook his head. Sorry. I don't know what I was thinking.
3: It's alright. We both said a lot of things that we can't take back. I always hate myself afterward, but I still do it.
2: I can't stop thinking about it. If Georgia hadn't divorced you, if I hadn't started dating her, if I'd just called them a bloody cab.
3: It isn't your fault, Clive. You know it isn't.
0: Clive sniffed and slipped his fingers into the lip at the front of the box.
2: I'm going to open this thing. Yeah, let's do it. Do you want to open it? No, I don't
3: think I can. Sure.
0: An uncomfortable silence swallowed the boat, as though the ocean and the seagulls no longer existed. The discarded wetsuit squished as Clive kneeled on it. He didn't trust himself to stand. Next, he used his nails to pry open the box and then peered anxiously inside.
3: Clive! Clive didn't respond. Clive! What's the matter? Harry, it's
2: not in here. What do you mean? The necklace. It's missing.
0: Harry staggered backward like he'd been shot, stumbling over the discarded wetsuit. Then, in an instant, he was standing in front of Clive, looking angrier than Clive had ever seen him.
3: Where did you put it? What do you mean, where I put it? The necklace. Where is it?
0: Clive suddenly realized he was in trouble. His adoptive brother had always been the mild-mannered of the two of them, except when Georgia was involved. When Georgia and Clive were in bed together, she used to complain about how Harry was too soft-hearted, too meek. Clive never said anything, of course. He knew his brother loved her so much he'd given over too much of himself. But he also knew how just the mention of George's name in another man's mouth could
3: turn his brother's heart to steel.
2: Take a deep breath, Harry. How was I supposed to know the necklace wouldn't be in there?
3: You're the one that brought it up. You're the one who touched it.
2: I didn't bloody take it out, if that's what you're implying. I'm not implying anything. I didn't touch the bloody necklace.
3: It sure as hell didn't swim.
2: I didn't take it. Either someone found it first, we've got the wrong box, or there was never any necklace to begin with. It
3: was there. You can't say it wasn't there.
0: Harry paced the deck of the boat, his hands shoved deep into his pockets. The note
3: gave us exact coordinates. It had to have been here.
0: In an instant, Harry was in Clive's face, gripping his forearms hard enough to leave bruises. Clive could smell the beer on his breath.
3: You told me it was in there.
0: I didn't take the necklace. Harry hauled off and punched Clive square in the face. The smaller man's nose split and blood streamed. His eyes watered.
2: What the hell are you doing?
0: Harry's face was twisted with rage.
2: Where
3: the hell is the necklace?
2: I don't know. I told you. I have no idea. And you didn't have to punch me in the bloody face for God's sakes. He clapped a hand over his broken
0: nose and winced at the knife edge of pain that stabbed him between the eyes.
2: Ah, damn it.
0: The pain on his brother's face deflated Harry's rage.
3: Is it broken?
0: Feels like it. Harry sat behind the wheel, his face in his hands. Clive probed at his nose, winced, and sat on the padded bench. Waves lapped against the hull, rocking the boat from side to side. Above, the bruised sky promised rain. It was risky to be this far out in such a small boat with a storm coming, but they had thought it worth the risk. Now, Clive wasn't so sure. Thunder rumbled in the distance.
2: Shit. We should head back. Try and beat the rain. We already can't beat it. No, but maybe we can dock before the worst of it sets in. Harry dropped his hands away from his face.
3: I'm not going anywhere until we find that necklace. Clive
2: winced again. It's gone, mate. We've been over this. The box was shut tight. There's no way.
3: The note the note it said it told us the
2: note didn't mention the necklace he tried to wipe
0: the blood from his mouth but the wind had dried most of it leaving his upper lip sticky Clive idly thought it would take warm water to get it clean soap and warm water but they were so far from land it would be hours before he got a chance to wash the blood from his face maybe the rain would do it for him the rain a few fat droplets spattered on Clive's thigh Harry lifted his head to the sky, his frown deepening.
2: Harry, we should go.
0: But Harry stayed silent, now staring at his hands. The wheels were clearly turning in his head, but Clav already
3: knew what he was going to say. It was supposed to be here. The note said, Buried Treasure.
2: Buried Treasure. Heart's Desire.
0: Like Harry, he had read the note so many times he'd memorized it. All the sloping lines in George's neat handwriting... He felt her in the ink, in the movements of the pen on the paper. For a minute it was enough to make him forget she wasn't coming back. It was enough to make him forget Jasper, and to some extent Harry. But then it all came flooding back. The worst day, before
3: the worst day. You want her so bad, fucking take her, but you have to take him
2: too. You don't know he's mine, Harry. You don't know he isn't. Clive looked
0: over at Harry again. Harry met his eyes and clenched his jaw like he knew what he was thinking. Clive flashed back to their childhood, sitting in the driveway playing Lego as the sun beat down on them, throwing his arms around Harry's neck, hugging him until Harry made him let go. Taking on anyone who dared bring up the fact that Harry was adopted or suggested they weren't real brothers. How far they'd come. Lightning ripped through the inky clouds above them batter raindrops fell now, wetting the back of Clive's neck and pooling in his hair. Saltwater stung his eyes, and he wasn't sure if it was tears of the ocean. Maybe both. Do you have it? Harry nodded, his hand dipping into the pocket of his shirt. Clive scooted down to his brother's end of the padded bench and held out his hand. May I? Harry reluctantly handed him the paper. Clive unfolded it gently, hunching forward to protect it from the rain his handwriting almost completely undid him. Even more so than the first time he'd read it.
2: My boys, my bravest men, if you're reading this, something terrible has happened to me. I'm young and fairly healthy and have no reason to think the worst could happen, but the universe has plans of its own. I don't have a formal will, and maybe that's what I should be writing instead of this, but I worry that the lawyers wouldn't understand what we are sometimes wonder if you do we're all entangled and oh so complicated I want to leave you both my most prized possession after my death I want you both to discover my buried treasure my heart's desire the coordinates are below love you madly Georgia
0: Clive basked in the memory of her voice the rain was coming down in sheets now Lightning rending the sky, thunder crashing around them. It was only a matter of time before the waves would get out of hand and overtake them. Both men were keenly aware of the fact they hadn't brought life jackets. Clive could swim well enough in calm water. Harry couldn't swim at all.
2: Mom's necklace. Has to be. Most prized possession. You gave it to her and she still wore it with me. She knew how much it meant to us. He
0: pictured it now a teardrop ruby pendant on a gold chain. He remembered it dangling from their mother's neck as she leaned over to serve them peas at dinner. He could see it glinting in the sunlight, reflecting up into her eyes. He remembers his mother giving the necklace to Harry, telling him it would be perfect for welcoming his new bride into the family. As hard as he tried not to, Clive also saw himself at his mother's grave, one arm around Harry and the other around Georgia, all of them sobbing. Georgia had been so thrilled to see the two of them together, even then. Even though she and Harry had split and she was with Clive. It was never about the necklace. Harry was shielding his eyes from the rain, but it wasn't
3: doing him much good. What are you talking about?
2: Harry, she was buried with the necklace. I don't even think it was ever in that box.
3: It was a closed casket. I couldn't look.
2: She was buried with it. I remember now. I had to bring it to the funeral home. Took me ages to find it. Jesus, we are thick.
3: I still don't get it.
2: Her heart's desire wasn't the necklace, Harry. She wanted us to be together.
3: But the box was there. What was the box doing there if not for the necklace?
2: Bloody coincidence, I don't know.
3: Exactly where she said it would be?
2: I don't fucking know.
3: I don't believe in coincidence.
2: You don't believe in anything. I had to drag your ass out here with me. And now it's fucking storming and you don't want to go back.
3: It's too late to go
2: back. You think I don't know that? It's been too late to go back for a long time now.
3: No, you don't get to do that. You said I like to play the victim. You son of a bitch, you stole my wife and my son and the whole fucking time I saw it coming and couldn't say anything because I just wanted to keep loving you both so much. All I wanted is for it to be like it was. Even after she left, I would have given fucking anything to be part of what you had. But no, suddenly you were a perfect little family unit and I was alone. Do you have any idea what that feels like? To have your family abandon you a second time? It felt like a fucking judgment, Clyde. Like I deserved
2: it. Harry, you didn't deserve it. Then why
3: did you do it? Why did she? I hated you both so much. Then they were gone. And the one person I had left in this world was the one person I couldn't stand to look at. Harry. I came out here to kill you, Clyde. Didn't you know that? I didn't care about the necks, not really. I came out here to kill you, then maybe myself. I hadn't decided.
0: The men fell silent as around them the sea raged. The boat wasn't much more than a dinghy and not meant to be this far out from shore, let alone in a storm of this size. Already water was pooling in puddles on the deck.
3: I was going to leave you in the water, but I couldn't do it. It turns out I still love you more than
2: I hate. That's when it dawned on Clive. Jesus. Harry, this is what she wanted.
0: Clive had been wrong. Georgia hadn't missed the steel in her husband's heart. Not at all. And she also wasn't wrong about him being soft-hearted. She knew hatred would get him out on the boat, but that love would stop him from doing what he'd come to do. But why would she send them so far out when she knew their only boat
2: was? Buried treasure. Heart's desire. I don't get it. She wanted us to be together, Harry, all of us.
0: Harry's eyes widened as he finally understood what her note had asked of them. Why they were alone, together, in a storm they couldn't possibly survive. More lightning came, more thunder, more rain, but none of it mattered anymore. They were going to die out here. Harry got up from behind the wheel his shoes making him slide before catching himself. The boat bobbed like a cork among swells jostling both men. They stumbled, Clive catching Harry by the arms, and they stood there for a moment, holding each other. Around them the ocean swelled, rising waves reflecting the flashing lightning.
2: I'm sorry, Harry. For everything.
3: I'm sorry, too.
0: Clive pulled his brother in for a hug and Harry held on for dear life. The two were still locked in an embrace when a wave capsized the boat, plunging both enemies. The darkness and warmth beneath the waves were overwhelming. Salt water stung Clive's eyes, filling his mouth and coating his lungs. He kicked and thrashed, keeping his eyes open in hopes he would see Harry. flash of lightning illuminated just enough of the sea for him to make out his brother's flailing shape, arms and legs frantically struggling to move. Air bubbles swirled around Clive, his body spasmed, his throat seized and his jaw dropped open, still inhaling seawater. Harry was closer to him now, his eyes bulging. His arms reach out for Clive, as if to help him, but there's no help down here. Clive's lungs begin to burn, then numbness sets in. Adrenaline fades, the blood cooling in his veins. His lungs now fully saturated with seawater, he settles. He stops thrashing. Above them the storm still raged, but it was no longer their concern. The last thing Clive would see in this life was Harry's lifeless face, bubbles streaming from his mouth towards the water's restless surface as both men sank. The
1: The Dive was written by Brianna Morgan, adapted for audio by Brennan Storr, starring Paul Bestor as Clive, Amon Mazingo as Harry, Lady Miriam is Georgia, Brennan Storr is Narrator, Original Music by Rainy Days for Ghosts. Sound design and editing by Brennan Storr. 12, 71, 77, 89, shelter, drain, ruins, shelter, drain, ruins, transmissions from the void, M.
0: What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients...